turn a golf performance podcast i'm your host vince Drummond. today we have episode two with a super special guest hugo alvarez osori who's here to talk to you guys about golf fitness for beginners hugo is a personal trainer he's originally from oviedo spain he now lives and works in madrid hugo is actually a former college golfer here in the states he was my college teammate uh, my college roommate and one of my best friends in the world so it was super awesome to reconnect with him today while he was here in the States, he was a great collegiate player. He was a second team NAI All-American. He was a two-time NAI National Championship participant, as well as a two-time Junior College National Championship participant. Like I said, Hugo is now a personal trainer. He brings three years of general fitness experience to the table. He also has a bachelor's degree in fitness and sports management, a master's degree in training and sports nutrition, as well as recently getting his NASM certification as a golf fitness specialist. Hugo was recently appointed as the head strength and conditioning coach at IGGE Academy in Madrid. This academy is run by Nacho Garrido, who's a former Ryder Cupper and a European Tour winner. Super excited to be able to bring Hugo on the podcast today to talk to you guys about golf training for beginners. Uh, we get into a lot of cool stuff. We get into how Hugo starts with new clients. We get into the number one issue that Hugo sees in everyday golfers. And we also get into the number one issue that Hugo sees in young elite golfers. We talk, of course, about the team environment at IGGE. As we talk about a lot on this channel, it's super important to surround yourself with a team that's going to help you be successful, that's going to be able to help you get to that next level. And so we wanted Hugo to talk to us about how that works at the academy that he works at in Madrid as well. We also get into some fun stuff. We talk about Hugo's personal comeback to golf and really just want to get right into it. I uh, want to give you guys the chance to listen to what Hugo has to say. So hats forward, headphones on, let's go. We're here uh, with Hugo Alvarez Asori. Uh, really excited to be able to have him on the show today. Uh, Hugo's actually my old college roommate, so it's pretty fun to be able to get a chance to talk to him now that he's over in Madrid doing big things. But thanks for joining us, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. No problem. Awesome. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. We're happy to have you. Uh, why don't you talk to me a little bit about what you're doing now? Obviously, started the the new job over at the academy, running the strength and conditioning over there. So talk to me a little bit about kind of where you're at now and where you started in order to get there. Well, I mean, as he said, I'm from Spain. So I started playing golf around 17 years ago when I was like 10 years old. And then I started playing and then I ended up going to the States. First, I went to North Carolina to a community college. And then I transferred to University of the Cumberlands where I play with this man right here. And then after I finished school up there, I just moved back to Madrid. Well, I'm not from Madrid, but like, that's like the biggest city in Spain. So it's where the most opportunities are. And just started working as a personal trainer and Right now, as he said before, I'm working with a golfing academy too. 
it's like Ignacio's, Ignacio Garrido. He used to be he, he used to be a European Tour player and play in the Ryder Cup too. So it's a pretty exciting situation right now. We're starting. I started like two months ago, and we're just working there now too. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah, definitely. Uh, explain to everyone kind of what you were doing before you started working at the academy. Obviously, have a background in golf, but we're doing more just general <laughs> fitness training before you started working with the academy, right? Yeah. Uh, well, when I moved to Madrid, I did a master's in training and sports nutrition. So I started working as a personal trainer in a gym. And then after two years doing that, I moved, like I made my own company. And then I just, I'm a personal trainer that moves all around pretty much Madrid and go to houses, gyms, whatever they call me they need to work out. I just show up there and make them train. So yeah, it's like golf is like right now, I will call it like my second business. My first business is like regular people. Yeah, definitely. So uh, talk a little bit about the extra training that you had to go through, the, some of the research that you had to do in order to be able to work with the golfers that you work with now. I mean, like to work with golfers, I think you need some like specific knowledge. Like I did the NASM golf fitness instructor. And, but like, there is a lot of like general and common stuff between like regular people and athletes, in this case, golfers. I mean, you, you just need a little bit more knowledge in probably mobility and maybe some like explosive power. And like that, that would be like the two biggest difference between like regular people and golfers. So talk a little bit about some of the similarities, obviously working with uh, more of just the general fitness population beforehand and mm -hmm. now working with golfers. Uh, talk about that transition, some of the, the similarities that you see um, in between the two and kind of how you set up the, the structure pretty similarly be between the two different demographics. Yeah, at the end of the day, like golfers, like I mean, I have like one European tour guy now and some other like higher level golfers. But at the end of the day, most of the golfers that I train to are like regular people. So at the end of the day, they are working eight hours, sitting in a chair. So it's pretty much the same. Like they have a rounded posture, tight hamstrings. So at, at the beginning, you just have to evaluate them, see how they move and then work around that. Because I don't care if you're a golfer or a regular people, you need to know how to squat and hinge, for example. So if you don't know how to hinge or do a deadlift, I'm not going to go any forward with you. I don't care if you're a golfer or a soccer player or whatever you are. Yeah, for sure. So <laughs> talk to people kind of about that progression and um kind of what that looks like when you're starting out with someone just kind of even a, a new client say that you have somebody come in talk about kind of the the steps you go through in order mm -hmm. to whether that's an assessment or uh whatever kind of the first steps are and then how you go about building their program based off of what they need specifically yeah like i usually do a little test to see how they move i start by the ankles and then I go knees, hips, and then pretty much shoulders and test a little bit of their core too to see if they are stable or they have like a strong core. And like most of people's fault, most of the time are like ankles, knees, and hips. So I go, I mean, like the sessions after like the first day will be more focused on those specific areas. And then I go to the upper body because in my opinion, you need to move right first. I don't care what you do. So if you don't really know how to sit down properly, like 
I, I don't want to go forward with you. So I, I'm going to make sure that you can move well. You have mobility in your ankle. And all those stuff are like really important to me. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's something very similar that you see in kind of the, the world I'm from. I come more from the TPI side of stuff, whereas you come mm -hmm. from the general fitness side of stuff. But that's yeah. one of the very first things we do with TPI, too, is take people through the assessment. And you see how they're moving first more than anything, because those movement patterns mm -hmm. are so important. Uh, you definitely don't want to train anybody's dysfunctions. You want people moving properly before you start yeah. adding weight and doing all that other stuff. A hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. Talk to me uh, specifically with the academy and kind of how you're set up there. Obviously, we're focused a little bit more on the golf side of things with this podcast. Mm -hmm. But uh, talk to me just a little bit about the facility in general. How's it set up? Is it uh, more of just like a, a golf place where they can come get lessons and do a workout? Is it a place where there are young kids who are kind of like staying there? What kind of academy is it and how's it set up? Well, it's actually a nine whole golf club because right now they are building like a bigger like country club around because it's in a pretty nice part of Madrid so right now it's like the just for 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 a year they will be there and then they will move but it's a golf course like people doesn't stay there or kids doesn't stay there they just come here get the lessons and then there's two spots where you work out they have like a little box in the facility in the driving range and we have like some dumbbells TRX medicine balls, bands, stuff like that. And then for like the people that want performance, they have, uh, they work with a gym too, like five minutes away from the golf course. So those people usually go to the gym and then you have like everything pretty much you have in the gym. So squat rack and all those things that we don't really have in the box. Nice. So are you able to go to the gym with the uh, clients and train with them over there as well? Yeah, I can do both. Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah. So let's look a little bit more into, we talked a little bit about starting with a new client and kind of what that looks like, but kind mm -hmm. of looking at obviously people who are just getting started in golf fitness, that's kind of the, the target demographic for this podcast, Yeah. golf fitness for newbies. So talk to me a little bit about people who are just getting started that you're working with, how often are they working out, uh, whether they're performance-based players or just kind of your regular people who are working eight hours a day, do those programs vary in terms of the amount of times that you're seeing them per week and things like that? Oh yeah, for sure. Like regular people that just comes have like one or two lessons a week. And when they first come, they come like, Oh, I want performance. I want like, and I'm, and then I have to explain them like, okay, you're going to just train once or twice a week. So, and then, I see how they move and I'm like, okay, you don't even know how to squat, pinch, rotate. So we have to start like really basic, basic stuff. But just from the first lesson, like I improve a little bit their rotation and stuff. And then I go like, okay, just hit four balls. And they hit four balls and I'm like, oh, I can swing better. I can rotate. So with that, even if it's just one or two lessons a week, if they start feeling a little better. Like they, they will come back and they will want a little more. So in my opinion with golfers that we're so focused on like the golf ball, the golf ball, I want to hit it farther, straighter. So if you can uh, teach them just in one or two classes a week that you can rotate better and move better. And then you are like, okay, so at home you're going to do like these stretches or this mobility work, like 10 minutes a day, they start doing it. So they get better. 
as with performance, like I see them like for at least three days up to five days a week. And it's, it's a very different work because it's usually younger people. So they usually move much better. So we just try to get it in better positions, getting stronger and more powerful. So we talked a little bit about kind of what you see with the general population. You typically see people with rounded mm -hmm. posture, with tight hamstrings, uh, especially yeah. in golfers, that leads to a lot of lower back issues. What is one right. of the main issues that you see when you're working with your performance golfers? When you're working with those younger golfers, what are, is one of the main things that you kind of see come up over and over again? Usually, hmm, that's a good question. I mean, low back... <laughs> Low back injuries are like pretty common too. And then usually shoulders too. Like usually complaining a lot about shoulders, but as we all know, golf, if you're a right-handed golfer, you just rotating one side and you don't do any swings or rotating the other side. So most of the time we create imbalances and then usually low back and shoulder are like the most common problems that I see. And is that, do you think that's a result of just a repetitive motion or a result of bad posture? What's that usually a result of? I think it's a combination of both, but usually like the shoulder, when you, if you're a right-handed golfer, your right shoulder usually is going to be more mobile than your left because your right shoulder is like open in, in the upswing and in the downswing and the left one is usually like really short. So it's one of the most thing, the common things I see in younger and even older golfers that usually mobility in the shoulders is really like in balance. Definitely. Uh, and so then obviously a lot of the training that we do in the gym can go to counteract that. Um, yeah. I know, especially mm -hmm. in a lot of the programs that, that we do, uh, we're running a lot of, okay, you're doing equal amount of reps on both sides so that we can try to work mm -hmm. some of those imbalances. Um, and it's often quite funny, even when you work with high performance golfers, when you start having them do things left-handed and in the opposite yeah. direction, they don't look. They so don't even know. Anymore. Yeah. So <laughs> it's always kind of funny to get in the gym and see those guys, especially in uh, some of their first sessions, those guys and girls are usually looking oh, yeah. pretty dorky. So it's pretty funny. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things we talk about quite a bit on the channel and on the podcast is the team atmosphere for performance. Uh, how important mm -hmm. it is to be able to to have people within your team that are going to be able to help push you to the next level. Uh, talk a little yeah. bit about, obviously, with the academy, you've kind of got everything right there. But talk a mm -hmm. little bit about uh, how you work together with that golfer and their specific team. So whether that's with their swing instructor or in regards to their nutrition and their recovery, uh, just kind of the all-encompassing view of performance more mm -hmm. than just having a swing instructor like maybe people did in the past. Talk a little bit about that team envir environment and that team atmosphere and how mm -hmm. uh, that kind of works with one another to help everyone perform at their best. Yeah, like for example, like in the academy, there's like the golf swing and the strength and conditioning. And we're with the regular people, not that much, but with the performance people, we're like talking all the time because I can go to the golf swing, um, golf swing instructor and he's gonna be like, I don't know what happens. Like, she can or he can the athlete can rotate to one side or something she's like uh what would be the word in english like i mean when you don't rotate and you compensate like turning i don't know what would that be called right now like she's just incapable of getting in that position so yeah it's yeah. an overcompensation and obviously yeah using some other part of your body to get the club yeah 
So after that, if I go test her or something, I might be like, okay, she, she, it's not like a problem of the golf swing. It's just because she cannot rotate. So that's why she overcompensates. So then I will go and work on that. And then she can come back the next day and be like, oh, I can move better. So we are like talking all the time to see how can I help them and how can they help me? So it's like a pretty much all the time conversation. Definitely. Uh, and I think one of the things that's super important too is people, and usually instructors are pretty good about this, but people who watch different players on TV and they want to swing it like Dustin Johnson or they want to swing it like Rory McIlroy or Adam Scott or whoever it is, uh, a lot of people don't understand that your body has to move a very specific way in order for you to be able to get the club in those mm. positions. And so uh, that's why the communication between the fitness side and the golf instruction side are so important because a lot of people just physically can't get the club yeah. in certain positions that their coach may want them to get into. Mm. Yeah. And so I then are you guys doing a, a lot of specific exercises based off of anything they're trying to change in the golf swing? Like, are there certain exercises you'll do with people in order to help them get a little bit more shoulder mobility to get the club in a better position or different things like that? <laughs> yeah, like, like we're talking all the time and I might be working with you on shoulder mobility and you just don't hit the ball further. So we might be working on power, but always starting like from what I said to start with the regular people. Like, I'm not going to start doing power exercise with you if you cannot squat, for example. So even if the, uh, the golf professor tells me, oh, she needs more power, I'm like, well, I need to start teaching her how to move first, and then I can go to the other things. So, like, I, I don't care what they say. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to make them move well, and then we can start putting weight or moving fast. Definitely. Uh, so let's talk about something a little bit more fun now. Let's talk about your personal comeback to golf. Um, <laughs> obviously, we know you were a pretty good player in college, uh, had a lot of success, but talk a little bit about kind of what happened after college and, and where you're at now when it comes to your personal relationship with the game. Okay, so I start like I finished college and my last year wasn't good. I didn't play good for whatever reason it was. And when I came back to Spain, I decided to keep studying. So that's when I started my master's and like kind of like quit golf. Because if I wasn't going to turn pro, I wasn't ready to just play for fun. So I need a little break. And now, like three and a half years later, I'm starting to get the itch back. So I started playing like three weeks ago, starting to hit some balls. And it's been fun. I mean, it's... It's weird when you hit a driver and goes 40 yards left, but, <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah, it's, it's fun. Is it, was it you starting to work with the academy? Is that what kind of inspired you to, to try to make the comeback to golf? It was between the academy and Tiger, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, so talk a little bit about kind of the, the hardest part of starting up the game again. Obviously, some of the people listening to this podcast aren't going to be elite-level golfers. They're just people who are looking mm -hmm. to, to try and improve their game, and they may not – I mean, they're going through struggles all the time, and so they may think that yeah. everyone who's an elite player always stays an elite player, and we both know that's not the mm -hmm. case. So talk a little no. bit about the hardest part of, of starting up again and maybe some of the areas you've been struggling as you get back into it. Well, like, the first week was just terrible. Like, <laughs> I just – couldn't hit really the golf ball. It was going everywhere. 
the second week, like the long game, starting to click again. Like, I mean, I'm not playing like I used to, but at least the ball was going straight so I could go out in the golf course. But like what I noticed, the biggest difference is in the short game. Like, it's not like I used to be like super good with the short game, but right now, putting and chipping is pretty bad. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think that's where you need the most time. And I mean, and even when I was a decent amateur, like the biggest difference with the pros or the better amateurs was the short game. So when you stop doing any short game and then you come back, I think that's like even the hardest part to do. Yeah, for sure. And I think uh, that's one of the things that is pretty easy to recognize, even if you're an elite level amateur or a young professional yeah. and you play with uh, people who are kind of more of the weekend warrior style. It's, it's mm -hmm. pretty easy to see the difference in the short game. Obviously, they may not hit it as far and they may not hit it as straight, but more times yeah. than not, they're getting it up around the green near regulation, but they're still making mm -hmm. doubles and triples. So the short game is okay. definitely the part of the game where even as a college coach, we're having our kids constantly work on it, constantly try to get better at it because mm -hmm. they can never yeah. be good at it. Um, give us a little insight into maybe some of your goals. What do you from a golf specific standpoint, what are you looking to, to get out of your game moving forward? Do you want to compete again or are you just picking it back up for fun? What's, what's your goals moving forward? I mean, I would like to compete, but not at the same level. Like I will compete like for next year, for example, I have two tournaments that I want to play. That is like the championship from Madrid, like amateur championship. And then the one for um, where I'm from, from Asturias. So I want to compete in those two that are in May and July. So I have at least four or five months to, yeah. to get back to decent shape. Um, that's pretty much about it. Like I will probably play in like some tournaments in the weekends, but just like more like fun kind of, but yeah. I don't really want to go any like crazy forward. Like I used to like <laughs> turning pro or anything like that. So. I have no, enough stress good. with my work. Yeah. 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 It's good. It's nice to be able to pick it back up again and hopefully oh, yeah. uh, get that competitive edge back. I know just from knowing you personally, I know you're one of the most <laughs> competitive people I've ever met. So it's always yeah. nice to, to see you wanting mm -hmm. to get back and compete for sure. Yeah. All right, well, we're on to uh, a part of the show that's one of my favorite parts, and it's more of a, a rapid fire type question round. So it's called the Twilight Nine. Uh, we. <laughs> We compare it similar to going out on a summer's night when the sun's setting and trying to get in nine holes as fast as you can. So, uh, okay. Shoot off some questions at you. I just want you to answer quickly. It's not, you don't need to think about it. Just first thing that pops into your head, we're just going to fire through some questions and uh, see what comes out. All right. Okay. All right. Perfect. First question. What's your lowest tournament score? 63. 63. Awesome. Uh, what's your favorite pre round meal? Uh, bagels bagels <laughs> um, it used to be in the states yeah <laughs> what's your go-to on-course snack it used to be the power um, power builder bars or whatever yeah yeah the protein, protein bars, bars. Yep. yeah awesome uh what's your pre-gym pump-up song right now eminem I eminem what song <laughs> just eminem, eminem. Yeah, Eminem. <laughs> uh, what's the hardest or your least favorite exercise to do in the gym? Squats. Squats? <laughs> yeah. I love them, but it's just the hardest. Yeah. Uh, you get to the course before a tournament round and you have five minutes to warm up. What do you do? Just go to the D. 
Just go to the team, no warm up. <laughs> yeah, just do a couple of rotations and okay, I'm ready to go. Uh, favorite golf brand? Nike. Well, Nike and then for like golf, golf, Callaway. Nike and Callaway. Uh, best movie of all time? Uh, Gladiator. Gladiator. <laughs> yeah. And your favorite sports team? My favorite what? The sports team? Real Madrid. Real Madrid. There you go. Yeah. That one's a softball for you. I knew that answer. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was nine questions rapid fire. That's our Twilight Nine. Uh, just a fun little segment that we do towards the end of the show to just kind of get to know a little bit more about you. A um, couple questions mm -hmm. before we leave you. So give yeah. me your, and I know this is kind of a loaded question, but just for people listening, what's your, your number one fitness advice tip for golfers who are just getting into the world of fitness? Um, like the first thing, like I already said it like twice in the show is learn how to move. Like, I don't care what sport you're going to do or if it's just for life. If you learn how to move and like every part of your body, uh, body moves like it should, like it's going to be easy. Well, easy. I mean, you're <laughs> going to have to put the work in, but like that's going to help you a lot just in regular life or in the golf swing. Awesome. Uh, and then where can people follow you at? Where can people get to know you? Well, mostly in Instagram. Like it's Asorey, A-S-O-R-E-Y. Uh, underscore fitness awesome. so there's where i put most of my stuff yeah like videos with clients and exercise yeah 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 hugo's a pretty good instagram follow so i'll be sure to uh put his instagram in the <laughs> notes of the show uh you guys will be able to follow along with him there but appreciate you hopping on the podcast man we really enjoyed it uh had some good oh, yeah, for, sure. for, those, for those newbie golfers and best of luck mm -hmm. to you with the academy and everything you're doing man keep going yeah, always a pleasure, man. I hope you do right with the do good with the podcast, and then that we see you being the head coach one day in one of those college teams, man. Appreciate it, my man. Have a good one. Yeah, for sure. You too. Thank you guys for tuning in to this week's episode of Making the Turn. Really enjoyed getting the chance to sit down and talk with Hugo. Obviously, great to reconnect with one of my best friends. Uh, with him being all the way over in Spain and me being here stateside, we don't always get to connect, but it was really cool to hear his experiences about his new role at IGGE Academy and with his new golfing clients. Uh, a lot of that I was hearing for the first time, so it was really cool just to get the chance to hear some of his experiences, to be able to learn from him, some of his philosophies. Also think he did a really good job of giving you guys some tips on golf fitness for beginners. So I want to give him a huge thank you, a huge shout out for coming on to the podcast. Be sure to give my guy a follow on Instagram. Uh, the handle will be listed below in the description, but it's also at Asori underscore fitness. He posts tons of helpful tips. Uh, he also posts some of his client sessions and some of his own workouts. He's a beast in the gym. He goes super hard. So if you want to see some really good workouts, be sure to give him a follow on Instagram. Thank you guys once again for tuning in to Making the Turn Episode 2, Golf Fitness for Beginners. If you guys are enjoying the podcast, please be sure to hit that like button. Please be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. So thanks again for tuning in. We look forward to seeing you guys next week. This is Vince Strom and Golf, and I'm out.